Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Chen's private vision engaged India's collective spirit. Here, what has been called outsider art proves more culturally affirmative than the aesthetic of high modernism officially endorsed and imposed as the architectural vision for the region. Hello and welcome to the Outsider Art Podcast, Episode 11, Nick Chan and the Rock Garden of Chandigarh. That quote at the start was from the Groundwaters book by Charles Russell. At the end of the last podcast, I mentioned that foolishly I had not visited the rock garden when I was traipsing around India for about six months in 1997-98. In 98, I caught a bus up to Dharamshala from Delhi to hear the Dalai Lama speak, and this trip would have likely passed through or close to Chandigarh on the way. And that's as close as I got to the rock garden which I probably wouldn't have appreciated at the time as I was due to come down with a nasty belt of giardia, which I'm pretty sure came from eating Tibetan momos in Bodhgaya a few days earlier. I still can't face momos to this day. However, I have managed to actually see some of Nick Chan's sculptural works during a trip to the Tribeca Film Festival in New York in 2011. After the requisite tourist must-dos to the Empire State Building and the Statue of Liberty, the Met and the Guggenheim, I pilgrimaged to the American Folk Art Museum, and there, on display, were a few of the bangle figures which are so synonymous with Nick Chand. Clearly somewhat out of context sitting in the museum, but it was thrilling to see them nonetheless. I now know that these figures were gifted to a fam from the Capital Children's Museum Nick Chand Fantasy Garden, one of a number of gardens that Nick Chand created both in India and globally. Anyway, long story short, I have managed to see some of Nick Chand's work in person, though not in the place for which he is rightly famous, the Rock Garden of Chandigarh. This episode we take a shift sideways from the personal and often private works created by painters and sculptors to look at a creation that exists entirely in the public space, a built environment that has been constructed with the forces of public and bureaucratic pressures bearing down on it during its creation. The rock garden has been mythologised and lauded and politicised, held up as a visionary counterpoint to the city within which it was built as its binary opposite. The garden and its creator have been celebrated both at home and worldwide as a cultural treasure whose work reflects and honours India's rich but troubled past. It has been seen as a simple man's momentous endeavour to give life to his inner childlike dreams and has been regarded as a vernacular reaction to modernity a reaction to the tragic upheaval of partition, and a bastion of environmentalism and recycling. It may be all of these things and more, and certainly much ink has been spent over the rock garden since its opening to the public in 1976. It's a fascinating story and reflects the controversy 
and push-pull nature of visionary environments worldwide. Roger Cardinal, in his eye-opening essay, The Vulnerability of Outsider Architecture, posits a definition. Quote, Outsider architecture is that mode of ambitious handmade material construction which typically involves recycling, assemblage and display within an autonomous and bounded space and which, based upon no blueprint and essentially the work of an unaided, self-taught individual, strikes an unmistakable note of singularity. End quote. Okay, so yes, this certainly applies to Nick Chan for the first years of his construction, working in virtual isolation but in close proximity to the construction of the thoroughly modern Chandigarh of Le Corbusier. But since the 1970s, when the administrators of Chandigarh discovered, named and opened the rock garden to the public, Nick Chan no longer worked in isolation or alone. It may be one man's vision, but... Unlike most visionary environments, the rock garden has been a public project supported by the locals in Chandigarh and with government support to a greater or lesser degree over time, as well as garnering international recognition and support through organisations such as the Nick Chand Foundation. The story of the rock garden starts, as does modern Indian history, with the devastating partition of 1947 when the governing British decided to arbitrarily draw lines on the map of the continent, demarcating new countries, splitting and dividing communities on religious grounds, and causing the largest population displacement in history. Ten million refugees were left to relocate to the other side of the line. The Punjab was split in two with Muslims fleeing to Pakistan on the western side and Hindus and Sikhs to India on the eastern side. Partition was a particularly tragic and devastating time in colonial history, which is saying something given colonialism's ledger of sorrows. Over one million people died in often horrific and brutal circumstances. And of course, the effects of partition still resonate today. Nick Chand and his family were part of the mass exodus from the Pakistan side of the line to the Indian side. Nick Chansani was born on 15th December 1924 in the Punjabi village of Baryan Kalan, which is about 90 kilometers to the north of Lahore in present-day Pakistan. Chand completed his education in 1942 and until partition worked on his family farm. In August 1947, the family was forced to leave their home and possessions to flee to India, along with millions of others. Honestly, partition is one of the greatest acts of ill-considered governance and colonial evil in history, a genocidal xenophobia. Chan's family ended up in the town of, I'm probably not going to get this right, Gurdaspur, in the north of India. In 1949, Chan left to take up a position in the highways department in Kanal. He lived temporarily in various other towns over the following years. Chan's parents had both passed away in the late 1940s, which he blamed on the stresses of partition. He would now have been emphatically separated from his rural roots. In 1951, Chan transferred to Chandigarh as a road inspector with the Department of Public Works. 
Chandigarh was to be one of the jewels in the crown of Prime Minister Nehru's modernisation programme for the new India, which started shortly after the Declaration of Independence. Since Lahore, the former capital of Punjab, was now in Pakistan, Chandigarh was chosen to be the new state capital. After much planning and a change of lead architect from American Albert Mayer to the Franco-Swiss Charles Edouard Genore, better known as Le Corbusier, the project got underway in 1951. There has been even more ink spent on Le Corbusier's Chandigarh than on Nick Chan's rock garden, and for those interested in both, I would recommend Tracy Bonfito's 2017 UCLA dissertation, The Rock Garden, A Study of Memory, Placemaking and Community in Chandigarh, India. It is a paper which challenges some of the dichotomies that have been presented with regards to the modernist Chandigarh and the rock garden, and is well worth digging into for those with more than a passing interest in the subject. I'll pop it on the reading list. Nick Chand had moved to Chandigarh with his new wife Kamala. They were to have two children, Neelam, born in 1955, and Anuj, born in 1964. As a road inspector, Chand oversaw highway construction within what was the giant building site of Chandigarh. Inevitably, constructing this new city had been the cause of some significant disruption in the lives of the residents. Homes and villages were wiped out to make way for the building works. In 1958, the capital, which was the complex that was to house the city's administrative headquarters and was the centrepiece of the Chandigarh project, was nearing completion. It was also in 1958 that Nick Chand embarked on his own creative project, on a plot of land not far from the capital buildings. He is quoted in Lucien Perry and Philippe Lepinet's book Nick Chand's Outsider Art, The Rock Garden of Chandigarh. Quote, I chose this site because I got to know the government's works program at my job and was sure there were no plans to build there. Moreover, people hardly ever visited the place and nobody had an inkling of what was going on in the bushes. End quote. Nick Chand didn't come up with the name Rock Garden. That is attributed to Dr. M.S. Rantawa, Chief Commissioner of Chandigarh at the time Chand's clandestine creation was discovered. Chand didn't necessarily agree with this name. For him, it was a kingdom, a child's dream, quote, poetry with rocks. It has been said that Chand himself preferred to call the garden by a Hindi name. Now, I'm unlikely to get this right either. Devteon ki dunya, or World of the Gods. However, the rock garden name stuck, and in a way it does honour the genesis of the garden. After his workday ended, Chand would ride his bike to various riverbeds and hills collecting the rocks that lay there. These rocks, prominent in phase one of the garden, were taken back to the hidden plot which Chand had cleared and cordoned off with barrels. They are undeniably sculptural in form, with bestial, erotic and anthropomorphic shapes. Like Henry Moore's abstract works, they have a solid beauty and presence. In the book, The Collection, The Ruin and The Theatre by 
Sumien, oh, crikey, uh, Bandiel Patiai and Ian Jackson, apologies to Sumien, they describe the effect of the rocks in situ. Quote, the rocks get different readings at different times and within different contexts, resulting from its inherent ambiguity, constructing a rich interpretive field. Different lighting conditions and shadows also affect resemblances and reveal previously hidden traits. End quote. The collection of these found objects was a trait Chand shared with Le Corbusier, but Chand was perhaps more egalitarian in his gathering, and over the first few years he spent much of his time gathering raw materials for the world he was creating. He would bring back all manner of items from around the city broken crockery, electrical plugs, bicycle parts, bottle caps, steel slurry and other industrial waste, and of course, the broken bangles which decorate the figures which have become synonymous with them. In his official role, Chand also had access to the supplies used in the construction of the city, and the building of his garden would undoubtedly have been the cause of some shrinkage in the city's stocks of things such as rebar, mortar and cement. For the first few months while he was creating his secret garden, he didn't even reveal it to his wife Kamala. Inevitably he did let her know, given that he would spend hours every day after work and any spare time at the site. Keeping it a secret for long would have been impossible. Kamala would occasionally go with Nick to the site, as would their children, and at times trusted friends would visit the little hut that he had built for shelter. But, for the most part, it was Chand working alone, into the night, by the light of burning bicycle tyres, with his head wrapped in cloth bags to protect himself from the mosquitoes that swarmed around him. Chand had also started up a plant nursery in order to be able to populate his site with the flora to accompany his sculptures. He had to carry the water required for these plants, as well as for mixing his mortar and cement, by bicycle in terracotta jugs. In the book, Nick Chan's Outsider Art, Lucien Perry comments, quote, Nick Chan was an autodidact, working on his own and away from prying eyes, in total isolation. He worked without the slightest desire for cultural or social approval, or even recognition. In saying nothing to anyone about his dream, he was obviously trying to prevent the discovery of the illicit operation. But such secrecy also afforded him a stimulating, exciting space in which he would do whatever he chose. In solitude, the artist could satisfy a pressing need to express himself freely, with no thought for an audience. End quote. Chand would work in this divine isolation for over a decade, and as we've discovered in this podcast series, the discovery narrative with regards to Chand is also contentious. Discovery, in the case of Chand, was just that. The site of his ever-growing garden was found either by admission in 1969 or by accident in 1973. In the collection The Ruin and the Theatre, they summarise the mythology around their discovery of Chan's garden. The Bati they refer to is S.S. Bati, who wrote a paper in the early 1980s called 
Rock Garden and Chandigarh, A Critical Evaluation of Nick Chand, which has recently been published in book form. Quote, As always, there are diverse speculations on alternative origins and claims to authorship and discovery rights. The Rock Garden is no exception. In Bharti's story of the Rock Garden, there is no mention of M. N. Sharma and his Sunday afternoon visit in 1969. According to Bharti, the garden was discovered by a team of government malarial research workers under the direction of Dr. S. K. Sharma, the Assistant Director of Shandigar Administration Health Services, on the 24th February 1973. This is also the official story of the Rock Garden Souvenir Booklet produced by Chandigarh Tourism. S.K. Sharma claimed he was, quote, very much impressed to see such a hidden art treasure, end quote, and informed Dr. M. S. Rantawa. On the 23rd of June 1973, as chairman of the Chandigarh Landscape Advisory Committee, he recommended that the garden be saved and, quote, preserved in its present form, free from the interference of architects and town planners. End quote. From 1973, Chand was appointed creator director of the garden and was able to take advantage of a labour force and transportation to assist with the preparation of the site for opening to the public. This allowed phase one and two to be completed. Phase 1 features many of Chan's original rock collection and Phase 2 most of the sculptural works that are on display. In the early 1970s the garden was approximately 12 acres in size. With the addition of Phase 3 the garden has grown to an estimate of 18 acres in size although descriptions of the size of the garden vary wildly probably because there are tracts of undeveloped land protected by the city adjacent to the garden that are anticipated will eventually become part of the finished garden. We'll come back to the different phases of the garden later, as this was the way Chan described the construction, which reflected his experience in the construction of Shandigarh itself. The rock garden was officially opened on 24th January 1976 and continued to develop over the following decades. Recognition of Chand was officially made with the Padma Shri Award in 1984. This award, which is the fourth highest civilian award in India, was given to Chand for his contribution to the arts. The rock garden was also featured on an Indian postage stamp in 1983. One would assume that with official recognition came a degree of safety for the garden's future. But it would seem that despite the fact that the garden attracted up to 3,000 visitors a day, according to some figures, it wasn't immune to the intractability of jealous local administrators. In 1989, plans to demolish the embryonic Phase 3 in order to create a botanic park from the Shandigar High Court to Sukhna Lake were defeated, following an outcry from residents and a court appearance by Chand. And in 1990, another attempt was made to demolish the garden to make way for a road that would have saved residents only 200 yards travel distance. This again was defeated when locals formed a human shield around the garden, protecting it from the bulldozers. Phase 3 of the garden 
which features include large architectural constructions, was inaugurated on 23rd September 1993, but was incomplete at the time of inauguration, and construction continued though not without some controversy. Funding for continued work during the 1990s was hard to come by, which led to delays. Issues around leakages from large aquariums and criticism about Phase 3 moving away from the intimate spaces of the earlier phases, both in terms of architecture and the lack of recycled material being used. Periodic antipathy from the local administration also led to issues with staffing and security of the site, especially problematic when Shand was spending more and more time travelling internationally as an ambassador for the garden. Administrators would appropriate staff during these times, which led to the site being understaffed and works being damaged due to visitors climbing on the sculptures and maintenance programs falling behind. In 1997, the Nick Chand Foundation was formed with the, quote, aim of supporting Nick Chand's work and raising awareness of the rock garden throughout the world. The Foundation's projects include creating surveys, publishing much-needed documentary and publicity material, arranging exhibitions, and coordinating semi-annual volunteer trips, end quote. Throughout the 2000s, work has continued on the site with the support of the Foundation, the Indian Government and significant contributions from the international community, which has allowed for further construction and increased security measures. And I think we'll leave it there for this episode. Despite what I said a couple of episodes ago about trying to contain each artist to one episode, I found myself well short of time to wrap up the rock garden. So I'm already backtracking on my promise. Sorry. Next time we'll look more closely at the sculptural works and the architecture of the garden, do a walkthrough of the three phases of the garden, and contemplate the future following Nick Chan's passing on June 12, 2015. So please join me for part two of Nick Chan and the Rock Garden of Chandigarh. Check out the reading list on the website at shows.acast.com slash outsider-art-podcast. I'm endeavouring to get a comment section onto the website, so hopefully that will be up soon. And don't forget to check out the podcast's Facebook and Instagram pages for updates. Thanks so much for listening to the Outsider Art Podcast, and I'll see you next time.